going on nerds this is mike this is bill we have our precious baby chelsea with us today what's up guys and always and forevermore and we got a guest with us uh, go ahead and introduce him for us huh so this is my brother scott and he's here to join us being a fellow lord of the rings uh fanboy nerd you know yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so is that's what we're going to talk Tol- about Tolkienite? today. Tolkienite? Is that Tolkienite? Is that, is, that, is that what it is? I don't know. I didn't uh, know there was a name for it. Making so up <laughs> making up words whenever it I can. We'll, we'll roll with it. We're Tolkienites. I'm just but a humble disciple to his goodness. There you <laughs> go. We all are. All the things that we love have some kind of influence from Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the earlier stuff took heavy influence from lord of the rings and mm-hmm. Tolkien. a lot of fantasy and the way that he wrote him mm-hmm. yeah. he added depth to stories in a way that people hadn't done before and in some ways haven't done since in terms of uh the depth of world building that he did because uh his approach was kind of different than a lot of fantasy authors wherein he made uh since he was a philologist and linguist by trade he made, I believe, about 15 different languages and then wanted to construct a world or a universe for those languages to exist. And I don't think linguistically anyone's even attempted that since. Maybe when, Star when Trek. When did he write those? Start writing those? Like what ballpark do you know? <clears throat> I don't know I gonna look up officially, up. but I would say probably post-World War One in the 1920s would be my guess. See, I, I the world wars is always the time frame for most most literature, mm-hmm. and I think most of the literature I enjoy is actually post World War Two. Fair, I mean, uh, just the I, the more modern writing styles, but still, you know, Tolkien is up there with one of the first few. I shared one of the first times I really kind of felt immersed and kind of fell into the story was Tolkien and the story of Treebeard, Treebeard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that that's one of the first times I ever felt that way with a book of fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. I mean, it was so it's an important kind of literature moment for myself. The only author that I would be able to compare to him would be Brandon Sanderson. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've read any of him. Lots of him. Really? Oh, so yeah. A lot of Cosmere and stuff. Yep, um, I love his Stormlight series. So you are a man of culture, I knew it. He is a huge fantasy nerd. (laughs) I will say, though, Brandon is but a disciple to Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan is really, I would argue, the name that Brandon, like the the biggest influence to Brandon, which makes sense because Brandon did the uh, Is that the Wheel of Time guy? It is indeed. Yep. And who did they get to finish it? Brandon Brandon Sanderson. Yep, yep. And what a good choice, man. He's amazing. He is, We should absolutely. do an episode about all that at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The Wheel of Time's fantastic and is also worthy of a deep dive that way. Yep. Um, so before we get too sidetracked, let's jump in to check this shit out. Uh, we got a ton of new things that are coming out um, that just dropped. All from San Diego Comic-Con. A lot of, a lot of noise, a lot of big names mm-hmm. dropping some... Uh, yeah, a lot of, shows. well, a couple yep. of trailers, a lot of 
news about what's coming. Yep, so, we got a lot of titles. And we and... got into speculating last episode big time about, you know, who the big bad would be. Yep. And it definitely is starting to really look like like Kang, for sure. Yes, it's... and that maybe um, Loki and that multiverse shit is going to lead mm-hmm. into more, obviously. So, you know, hopefully we get... Um, in season two, because I believe that is supposed to come out next year, right? For Loki season two, yeah, twenty twenty four. Okay, so we got it's not. It's not so. Phase four is ending with Wakanda forever. Okay, so I think we need to start dissecting them phase by phase. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, when does Ant Man come out? And then uh, because that should be I our. I don't have the timeline. I just kind of have the new stuff that came out. Just like the big headlines, the most exciting thing is that Secret Wars. Yes, we've yes, wanted absolutely. That a long time. That's going to be. Well, and you talked about away. that last episode. You were like, "That'd be great if it could lead into that." And especially because it's going to give them enough time, hopefully, to get the rights for Spider-Man and Venom to the necessity that it does to tell that story right. Absolutely. Okay, so I got the phases. I've I've got it okay. googled. So yeah, they're ending Phase Four with Wakanda Forever. That I guess is coming out the end of this year. And then supposedly 11, we, 11. Okay, so then we will get Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, it's supposed to be February of next year, February seventeenth. And that's and then, where that'll be our first look at Kang again. Yep, is in that movie. And then we'll get Secret Invasion. That's going to be a series that will be in spring. Which should be the scrolls, right? That oh, that's oh, what probably. Secret Invasion was. Before was the scrolls. Yep, it's with uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Yep. And they're like secretly replacing people and superheroes with oh, scrolls. That'll be interesting. I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. And then we will get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th of next year. wonder what that'll be. So, ooh. Then the Marvels, Echo, and Loki Season 2, those will be all be summer of 2023. Mm. So that's um, not far. No. Not, not far away. And then we will get Iron Heart um series in the fall of 2023. <gasps> yes. And then we will get Agatha Coven of Chaos in winter of 2023. I wonder what that'll be about. Um oh. that one is it's a solo series. Um and they pretty much haven't really revealed anything of What's going to happen with her? And that's going to be the hard part. They're not going to tell us anything because they'll give us titles and that's about it. You know, yeah, and we yeah. can kind of come to our own conclusions, I think, from those and maybe or theories. One time when the trailer comes out, we may get another shocker. We may get another character or a big name cameo. Um, you know, the, we're getting the, that same kind of formula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would imagine Wanda dying, like set Agatha free. Because she's still stuck in... In, like, her hex that she's under. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very possible if If Wanda actually died. Yeah. So then we will get Captain America, New World Order. Um, That's supposed to be May 3rd of 2024. That should be great. Well, and it'll be good, you know, to see Anthony Mackie, you know, like, in his own movie now versus, you know, the show. Because he was sharing the spotlight with Sebastian Stan in that as well. So now we get his, like... I imagine he'll be there still, too. I'm sure he will be, you know, but... Yeah, they need to really drive the point that that's who Captain America is now, you know what I mean? Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, probably going to be a big part of... That's what the show was for. Well, yeah, You got a really good taste at the end of the show, what a good... 
Anthony Mackie. And you did. Captain America movie will be like, but I think I it'll be But I still see the people online, though, that are like, oh, Chris Evans, bring back Chris Evans. And no. even he has, you know, stated like, you know, Anthony's Captain I, America I'm excited now. for the, him to show what he can do. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't want. Uh, huh? I'm flipping out over here about Daredevil. I'm sorry. Because oh, <laughs> we're going to get the the series of Frank Miller's yep, Born Again. That'll, that'll be dope. That'll be in spring of 2024 if they don't Disney-fy it. If they can keep it like Netflix had it and... Well, we were talking about that Netflix before they're doing... too. Okay, it had its flaws. I just want the goriness, though, truthfully. I want the gritty and the bloody. And... Okay, but here's the thing. They are bringing in Logan and some of the R-rated titles onto Disney+. And they're also... They've said that Deadpool 3 and whatever is all going to be rated R. So they are going to have their more rated R films. So not everything's going to be Disney-fied. But um, right after we finish this list up, I want to talk about, because I read God Butcher, you mentioned it. Uh, yeah, there, uh, there's, only, read it. Yeah, so, there's only one more anyway. Oh, okay. Well, that's... And that kind of leads more. into the rated there's, R there's, thing. There's, there's more between, as far as... Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Keep going after Marvel between that. Okay, so yeah, after Daredevil, then there is Thunderbolts, and that is supposed to be um, a movie coming out on July 26th, and then that's... that's which, I guess is supposed to, which is supposed to be like the answer to Suicide Squad, I guess. So yeah, it says that um, whoever this chick is, Julia, Louise, Dreyfus, Valentina, Allegra, De Fontaine... <laughs> Um, building her own team of knockoff Avengers to do morally questionable things in the name of justice. So that's yeah, going to be yeah, like what her sense. thing is about. And then we get Avengers, the Kang Dynasty mm. is what yes. they're talking about, which yep. is going to be a whole phase in itself. And probably some of these other all obviously overlap mm. and then into Secret War. Mm -hmm. The thing that's kind of trips me up is like always in comic books, it always brings me back to a place of a kid. You know, that's one that what I want thinking that this 2025 is when some of these movies are going to be released, that that's what year it is. It's like we are living in the future. Mm -hmm. Like Space I think Odyssey 2010, that's already happened. That's the past. So a lot of these sci-fi things that were set in the future. My question is going to be which secret war are we going to get? We're not going to get the original, right? It's going to be its own thing. How many have so there we been? Gotta, I, I know there's been like, like two or three. Okay, I know there's two at least. Well, there were two early ones with the Beyonder and then one with uh, Doctor Doom. Okay. Where he... And they used that one as like a bridge point when they like revamped the whole universe. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It was like a retcon, so they used the right, Secret so War could... as like a bridge point. Like it erased the old universe and created a new one. And then they could do some new shit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where you got God Doom and... That was a crazy fucking storyline. There's still speculation that we're going to get Doctor Doom somewhere in there too. I would, I would love. To I would get almost Dr. imagine, Doom. especially with Kang. You know, there well, is. Well, and that. didn't they announce Fantastic Four as well? Aren't we getting mm -hmm. one of those? Yeah. Yep, so yep. I mean, there's. It's it's possible. But I I I'm tired of getting my hopes crushed. So am I. Yeah. So I'm trying so to not theorize about any of it and just take so, it as it comes. So down. here's a couple options. So they have the original option, which is like, yeah, they use the Beyonder and they do that original story and do Battle World and blah, blah, blah. Second Secret War was when the Beyonder came to Earth. 
And you remember he was like getting hookers and <laughs> shit. And <laughs> I did like read a, about wearing, that. Like a zoot suit. And yeah, it was great. Yeah. The only secret war I've experienced with is just because I own it is the one with the black suit where you find out that uh, Spider-Man. That's is the coming. original. So that's, that's the yeah. collector one that. That's the I'm original. That's I have one. So if, if well, that's time probably going to invest gonna be, in a comic that is now right now. If you have that book, it's going to be yeah. No, it's going to be <laughs> sell it to me. No, right to that. <laughs> like price? contact no, bill. It's, it's trash. It's going down in value. <laughs> sell it to me. Yeah, that, the price. <laughs> I'll take it off your hands. I mean, not not Scott's. That's I know his prize. But yeah. of, his, of his comic collection, I'm guessing. But uh, that's actually you, so. Two. Then you have God Doom. And then also they have the option of doing something completely original and like having Kang st- cause the secret war. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which would make a lot of sense. I just, uh, can I say, I love the title to that. The, he's in that title to the Avengers movie. The like Kang the, Dynasty. Yeah, so, that's, they, so it's going to be a, like, I wonder if it's going to be all the badass, like just probably. all about the villain. That's what I'm hoping about yeah. is that they just go balls to the wall. But again, like you said, you don't want to get your hopes up, but it's a ballsy title choice. And that gives me some degree of hope. It's right, still like, an Avengers movie, though. So. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start paying closer attention to who directs them. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's really going to be my, you know, hmm, just like how I study writers now for the actual comic books. Right. But, you know, there's before we jump into Lord of the Rings and some other things, there were some other big announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. Well, what did DC have to say? Not much. DC Comics didn't have very many announcements. And as far as like the news, they lost it yeah i'm kind of not surprised though there was one yeah. thing that i'm super excited about and i don't know if i tr- attribute it to dc as much they as neil gaiman and vertigo comics which is sandman is coming mm-hmm. to netflix now that's cool yeah, yeah. Uh, yep dc had shazam we shazam. already knew about black adam too yeah they didn't even touch much about that no well, i mean i viewed the comic-con from the point of view of twitter so uh Right. Well, and yeah. honestly, like Shazam and Black Adam, truthfully, like they're not really yeah, characters like, that I, yeah, I'm not all that interested in them. So, yeah, that I mean, sounds, I liked Shazam though, the first movie. It's funny. I'm going to watch the next one for sure. And the second one, the guy that plays him, I forget his name, but he's a really funny comedian. The guy from Chuck. Yeah, he's a funny guy. And I would check it out. I mean, I did, I can't even remember. It was one I think that came out last year. There was like a little Shazam arc that I read. And I like, I thought it was cute. I liked it. It was still, it verged on a little too like teeny bopper for me. At least that run did, you know. Um, but it was still like, it was cute though. Yeah. The movie reminded me of Big. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, like a kid in a grown man's but body. All of a sudden. It's funny. He was funny in the role and like played it well. Um, and there was some pretty cool action in it. So, And seeing him and The Rock in a movie together, you know, fighting each other eventually, that'd be potentially pretty cool. So also, it was also the years of dragons for the Comic-Con. Three different dragon shows or movies were announced. Lord uh, of the Ring, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, should I forget the title now? Rings of Power. I Rings believe. of Power. Yeah, we're gonna get into a little bit more of that later. Uh-huh. Also, Game of Thrones has their new show coming off, coming out. Which that show pisses me off. What? Uh, what is that one gonna be about? 
the Targaryens. Uh, but they've already fucked it up. I mean, I don't want to get too crazy into it because it's like a racist thing, a racial thing. Yeah. But the I way mean, they cast it isn't accurate to like the story. Right. Um, so is every character is in Sandman so- too, by the way, but that's not going to stop me. Yeah, it's whatever. And there's also uh, Dungeons and Dragons has a movie coming out. Yes, that with Chris looks- Pine and it blows that actually looks Hugh Grant. really good. Yeah. And who? Hugh Grant. Yeah. I love Hugh Grant. Like, oh, yes. Okay, that I don't show even have looks to watch. Really good. I haven't seen the trailer. I mean, I've like seen articles on it, but I don't even so need to see it. I just love the actors. The trailer is a carbon copy of Love and Thunder trailer, so don't watch it. I was going to say okay. it's a very trailerly trailer, you know? I mean, it's just, yeah. Okay, we let's have a slight mashup of a Led Zeppelin song. All right, looks like Asgard. Okay, cut to bad joke, cut away. All right, another action bit. Yeah. To a funny bit with an animal. (laughs) Cut, joke, and credits. I will just go into it loving the actors that they've chosen and just not watch any trailers and just see what happens. For what it's worth, as someone who watched the original D&D movie in the 90s, Mm. I doubt it'll be that bad. (laughs) That was a bad movie. Yeah, it was. I didn't even know there was a 90s movie. Wasn't one of the Wayans brothers in there? Um, the only person I remember who is in that, I want to say, is Jeremy Irons, but don't hold me to that. But I want to say he was the villain, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, literally, I've I haven't only seen, seen it once. Yeah, yeah I like, saw it as a kid. So I want to say one of the Wayans brothers was in it. I remember the beginning of the movie where Dragon's Blood gets on water and it lights on fire because it's on water or something like that. That's about all I remember. Yeah, of that Jeremy movie. Irons is it, and uh, Marlon Wayans is ah, it. There we go. Yeah, we were yep. both on it. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, there, there we go. go. Oh, we missed Marvel Zombies too. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. gonna be like one of their rated R titles. Yeah. Oh, is it gonna be like a live action it's, though? It's no, it's too. animated, Just but like, it's gonna be gory. Like, like, what as if? Uh, but it's gonna be like the full storyline of it though. Uh, but well, it'll be like oh, gory. I want the goriness. I, you know, I loved the animation style of What If, so I would totally be down for so some more So you're kind of getting your Black Label stuff. Yes, like that. We yes, that's about. what so I they're like. They're not totally Disney fine. So, but in the Doom and Gloom, we were talking about last episode where everything's gonna be like Love and Thunder, which I want to talk about. Um, my thoughts on like Gore the God Butcher. I read everything you gave me. Yes. And. I see where you were talking about uh, the way they did it, Not, mm-hmm. like just the way it plays out in the comics, and it takes place over like eons. Yep. And so it totally could have worked into the MCU thing. His time with the Avengers is really fleeting as far as how old he is. Yeah. So to be able to, they totally could have worked it in there, like oh. I have, he hasn't really thought of like gore and like chasing him in a while, but he, here he comes popping up again or he's right. Like give us when flashbacks, he... you know, of gore yeah. from, you know, like what was it like 800 AD or whatever, you know, and then they make it happen over the course of like a couple days. It seems like in the movie and it really doesn't give you the weight of how it plays out in the comics. Cause it was almost, almost. Shakespearean in its past, present, and future kind of modes, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, and at least as far as its depth of character, which so like I think you were kind of commenting, it was almost a little hard to get into at first, or at least when you're telling talking to Beth about it, as far as how it was different. 
Um, not hard to get into. It's just a little harder to follow because it is jumping around. That's in time. true. You do have to jump back and forth a lot and pay attention to which you know timeline you're in. But which Thor it is, or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And what I thought was interesting about Gore in the comics was his vicious, how brutal he was. He very he's much like, is. He's he... like I've killed so many. Gods of war. He's like, I've tortured gods of torture and broke them. He's just, you know, on another level of brutality. He is just purely like evil at that point, you know, and you don't, you didn't get that sense of it in the movie, in my opinion. And I get what you mean about him just being evil because he has, but not enough. He has motivation to be pissed at the gods, but the length, the lengths that he goes to is not rational. No, it's just insane with so, the Especially, ba- he okay, lost his family, theory. and he lost everybody he loved because of the gods or whatever, in his opinion. But to, like, go the, to the lengths that he does, and, like, he's going to destroy all gods throughout time, like, that's not normal. No, well, not at all. Oh, so yeah, he's an evil fuck. So did you know most of the kids in that cast were actually <laughs> kid members of other actors, directors of that movie? So I think they, they were just afraid that they were going to all sue Christian Bale for trauma after, you know, having to inflict so many <laughs> That's actually kind of things with him in it. See, I was just going to say that it's kind of a symptom of a problem with filmmaking uh, today in general, wherein um, to really handle his character well, you would really need a film that took its time to build him up to the levels that you would want in terms of execution and the problem with a lot of movies today is it's go, 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 action, 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 beat, beat, beat in the story. Mm-hmm. And so you would have to fight your nature as a you know comic book movie to really, I feel, probably give enough time to make him a reasonable, like to make him more grounded in terms of why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Well, I think that's where the comic and the movie fall short is his motivation. I think it's unreasonable. And that that's where it kind of lost me a little is like yeah, like I get he's pissed, but like he, like he's just an evil prick. Well, I also and then took it all- into mind is that I read it after King and Black and after Venom, so kind of taking that symbiote symbiote kind of intoxication from the sword that corrupted him. And also there were several points during out the comic that they kept calling this sword is corrupting you. You can't see it, but it is having this influence beyond just yourself. So that was to me, that kind well, of pushed it over a little bit too. Well, and they even kind of explain in, you know, like the comic as well, that the Necroblade, like it gets more powerful with God blood. So if it's corrupting him to kill the gods to get more powerful, it makes sense that he, flipped like once he killed the first god you know as a big kind of fuck you to them and then took the sword and it started corrupting him right then and there i think because that's its source of power is the god's blood that's why he went insane with it yeah and kept and just kept going well and it like just amplified the feelings he was having when he picked up the sword and like kept that going exactly. Yeah. So that I could understand then why it would just like push him to be basically a lunatic. Like the guy's out of his fucking mind. Well, when you think about it, the that's what corruption um, 
in its, if you will, strongest sense is going to be, is it's going to take the things natural about you and twist them into a new light, right? It's going to take your the the vices that you already had and amplify them. And you know what I mean? It's going to use yourself against you, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I feel... Well, like the ring in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. It, it turns someone, even like someone like Frodo, who had a natural ability to hold the ring longer than uh, anyone else, like a hobbit, and someone like him, it's mentioned that he has a natural resistance just like Bilbo, yep. to where they can hold it for much longer and withstand its corruption way better than like a man. Oh, could. yeah. It's going to corrupt somebody else. That's why he had to carry it. Yeah. Well, in a way, that could just uh, simply come from the fact that hobbits, I think it's not unfair to say, were probably more altruistic, right? They seem to... Um, help each other more, whereas the ring is really predicated on selfishness, right? And humans, we're kind of naturally selfish creatures, and so it amplifies that in us, and that would make you more susceptible to its control, whereas if you're naturally altruistic and not as selfish by nature, it would take longer to overcome Well, you also got to look... I don't think every hobbit would be in that position. No, I just mean some of them. A lot of them are really selfish. Like when Bilbo comes back from his adventure and everybody's in his house cleaning him, like cleaning his house out of all his shit. Cause that they- is true. I just mean that at the Shire is kind of its island in Middle Earth. You know what I mean? They They're like an the- island unto themselves and mm. they don't really fuck with anybody else. They just kind of keep to them. Yeah, they venture out yeah. like in, um, you know, like in the Lord of the Rings movie, you know, when they get to Bree, even though they have a hobbit sized door, they act like it's a surprise that they even have hobbits there you know, in their city. It's clearly not very prevalent or They're common. surprised to see them. They're like, what Yeah, because the yeah. most time people don't see hobbits because they don't venture out I, of their area, you know? I think most people would not even know that they exist. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think they make that point in the books is, like, that they are, like, Bilbo and Frodo and, like, I think other hobbits from their lineage were adventurers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so well, it's very rare for hobbits to want to go out and explore they want to stay in their burrow and hang out and be they want to smoke their their happy and their you know pipes and eat their food and you know even when you know mary and pippin when they run into the ants you know how Far from the Shire, that is. The ants don't even know what they are, and how old are they? So that mm-hmm. just tells you that they're a rarity to and see. They, and yeah, they are like one of the oldest species on Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, the movies even highlight this when the um, uh, when you have Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas running into the Rohirrim. And uh, the two towers, they describe what a halfling would look like. They only look like children to your eyes, right? Like uh-huh. So even then, they're describing to the writers of Rohan, who would conceivably see so much because they're by the Misty Mountains and Isengard. On yeah, they're the rangers, so they are out there. Yeah, exactly. And even to them... You you know, they weren't like going, oh, Hobbit, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, they don't react that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is a rare sight to see a hobbit. And even if a hobbit is out there, natural instinct is to hide. And they have a natural affinity for 
um, hiding. They they make less noise. Like yeah, it's they're a, more quiet. It's when like they a magical walk. ability. They just naturally don't make a lot of noise, and they're able to hide and disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was gonna say, hence why Bilbo is yep. the burglar. Yep, that's he had natural <laughs> ability to sneak in and not be heard mm-hmm. by um, Schmaug. Schmaug. How do you say that? Schmaug. Yeah, I want to say it like Schmaug. Schmaug. Isn't this? I don't. Know, I'm trying to think how they did in the cartoon. Either the way, eighties cartoon. Mm-hmm. I love that cartoon. It's my favorite. Like version of it you know way better than the movie. so and you mentioned not liking the hobbit like why is that the movies yeah like, because you know i've obviously read the book and you know for one they make the dwarves way more like adventurous and warrior types they're total pussies in the book they they want bilbo to go do everything for them while they can just hang back and eat food and chill they're not these crazy warriors that they make them out to be and also the whole like the orc that rides like that creature or whatever the he, white one yeah, yeah he's not even in there he's not a part of it at all i know he's mentioned i think in like I was going to say, um, so the reason why he's in there um, is he's in, mentioned in the appendices at the end of um, the Return of the King. Um, and uh, the reason why he's there is because he killed uh, Thorin's uh, dad. Grandfather. I think it was his dad, wasn't it? Because they tried to thought, see. Was it both? Maybe he killed both. It might have been, but I'm pretty sure it was just his dad. You could double check me on that. I want to say it was just his dad who got beheaded by Azog mm-hmm. because they were trying to reclaim Moria after being pushed out of the Lonely Mountain. I think that was more a device for a little more action in the movie. Yeah, well, but I because feel because there that... aren't uh, those really focused bad guys in the Hobbit, and like even Legolas isn't there in the yeah, book. Yeah, no, he's yeah. but. They put my favorite part of the book in the movie was yeah. when they hide, like when they get in the barrels and go down the river. That was always my favorite part, and they I was glad they did that. There. But well, in the part where he runs into Gimli's dad and he's like, like shows him a picture of him, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, Ugh. <laughs> like what manner of creature is this? And he's like, it's my son. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, or if- no, like he thought it was his wife or something. Or, <laughs> yeah, he says. Well, I was going to say, Dwarven women have beards, I believe. And that was like, ends Mm -hmm. up being his best friend in the world. And then, like, at the end of Lord of the Rings, they're basically like, we're going to stick together forever. Like, we're going to be chilling. Which is funny because elves hate dwarves, right? And they hate each other. And and then they end up being like the best of friends later. They do. And I loved, you know, because I feel like the, you know, the first three movies, you know, The Lord of the Rings, I thought they were so well done and followed the books, I mean, fairly well. Obviously, there are certain things they had to cut out, but in my opinion, they were smaller ones that they kind of alluded to in the extended editions. And I loved the fact that Legolas and Gimli, in the books, they're constantly counting, like, how many oh, people yeah. they've killed. Like, that was a thing. Like, when they put it in the movies, it was such a joy to me because I loved that aspect in the books. It was hilarious. I, I love their relationship. Yeah, when he takes down the big old mammoth, you know, with all the people on it, that yeah. still only counts as one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny part. Like, it is. It's there great. are things they added 
you know, I'm sure there's a lot of that in Lord of the Rings too, more of like adding things that weren't necessarily there in the books, but they knew would make the movie more exciting. Yeah. Because well, I was gonna say they have notable omissions too, because you have Tom Bambadil that's not even oh, yeah, in but, those. Mm-hmm. Uh that's what you know, that's a good point. Um and it's interesting because Tom is probably one of the oldest beings on the planet and he uh I know I get why they didn't put him because he talks in song. Yeah. And he's like kind of a weird you know, he would have it wouldn't have not fit into like the seriousness of the movie. Well, and he's one of those but, ones like, that I think, you know, it was fine they cut out, you know. But he's one of those interesting characters that probably would be strong enough to just stop everything if he wanted to. Um but he just doesn't like you get that sense in the books mm-hmm. that he is like incredibly powerful. If he took the ring, it wouldn't affect him. I think. Did, or did he say it would? Um, mm. Like he picks it up. He's one of the people that picks it up, and it's. I'm pretty sure it doesn't bother him at all. Yeah, I think he does willfully just resisting. Up oh, here you go, which is something Gandalf. Like it's something that do. yeah, Gandalf is terrified of touching it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like he never once touches it because, um, just like the lady of the wood, when Frodo asks her, "Please just take this thing," and she's like, "Don't, like, don't like, tempt me." Yeah, with well, this, that you know? was her whole. Yeah, her. She's like passed the test because she didn't touch it. Yeah. Yep. She's like, I could do this and I could take it, uh, and I could fix everything with it, but then I'd be ten times worse. Yep. I'd turn into something. Uh, just as bad or worse than uh, Sauron. Or which one? Is he Sauron? Sauron, yeah. Um, Which I was going to say, when we get to the show, that'll be interesting to talk about because really that's what the show is going to be around is uh, Sauron uh, making the rings and uh, causing the fall of Numenor and then being defeated at the end of the Second Age and going into the Third Age, um, which is when, you know, Isildur cuts his hand is at the end of the Second Age and the Mm -hmm. Third Age begins. So to my knowledge, that's what the show, when the show will be. In the Second Age or the Third? In the Second Age leading at the end towards... before Lord of the Rings. Yes. And and the Hobbit. Yeah, but before the Lord of the Rings by over a thousand years. And the hot, yeah, so before both of those, yeah, because the Hobbit is what 60, 50, 60 years before Lord of the Rings, yeah, yeah, because Frodo is close to 60 mm-hmm. at the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, because they, um, because you know, with the first stage, once Morgoth is exiled into the abyss, that's the end of the first stage, and then Sauron is uh, taking over. And since he doesn't um, have the same degree of overpower, he's more deceptive trying to use those rings to control the elves. Like, hey, I'm this wise counselor. Here's my ring. Take it. That, yeah. Like that kind of a thing. And so it's his nine rings given to men that cause the kingdom of Numenor to Yeah, the nine fail. kings. Yeah. And those are the wraiths you see later. Yep. yep exactly. Um, but the interesting thing is, is doesn't he give everyone but the elves their rings because the elves create their own. I thought and he, they have the three 
Yeah, I thought they stopped using their rings because of the one ring, because of the one ring's ability to control all of them. They are they have the unique ability to not be controlled by it mm. because they fashioned them themselves, if I recall. And because uh what's her name? The lady of Galadriel? Yep. She has one. Her husband has one. Mm-hmm. And then Elrond. Or isn't that his name? Yeah, uh, the Rivendell dude. Yeah, he's got one. So, okay, so my question is, when it comes to the Rings of Power, did he, did Tolkien write any books on it, or is it just lore that you get from the appendices? You that... have that one, I, I always say it, the Silmarillion. Silmarillion or whatever. So you can get a lot of history from that. It's written much like a history book. Okay. Yeah, and I believe it's in the appendices there. So, I mean... It's probably somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay, so it's not, but it's not like a full book though. It's just the lore that essentially yeah. we're getting. It's, okay, it's like a history but book. I always wonder at a certain point in time, you know, you have to take the novel and put it, make it into a screenplay, and then to a movie. And a lot of what this has to be is a lot of just kind of fan fiction. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, that's very true. How do I, so for the show? Yeah, or for for anything really. Probably... If we're going to, if they're going to expand the lore and the world of Tolkien. I think they're dipping it has in to be to the Silmarillion for this. I'm sure they're. I'm I don't sure think they, they want to take too many liberties as far as this goes. You don't want to go too far with that. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think, I don't think you fuck with what he did. Yeah, I and f- start going. Oh, we're just gonna. This is how it's gonna go, and you're like, you well, know, fuck people that. are gonna be pissed. You know, like there's plenty there to base things on. Yeah, you can build a ton from it. You know. Mm-hmm. I know that the main beats are, um, they are themselves interesting because with the fall of the, of the kingdom of Numenor, it falls into the sea like Atlantis. And I know that Tolkien's world goes from being flat, like in a Norse world, to being spherical at that point. So, I mean, the end of the Second Age is pretty interesting in that sense. But a lot of any kind of plot points, yeah, you're just making it up as you go. Because, I mean, other than Sauron getting defeated losing his body and then the thousand years of intervening time until the Hobbit, you know, mm-hmm. you well, know, and you can take those maybe not as detail rich things from the Silma and take liberties there and fill in the finer points mm-hmm. of like a story. And that's probably what they'll do with the show is like, it's based on things that he wrote that don't have a crazy amount of detail, and then they can kind of go, oh, okay. Fill in the gaps here's for you how as it, they go. Here's how it went in detail. I just like the aesthetics of the way that the, the trailer looked. It looked exactly like the movies did. It reminded me. It's like I, yes. I forgot what you know, like the elvish cities looked like or kind of it was seeing beautiful. that world. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. So that got me kind of hooked right away. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of interested to you know check it out when I, it comes Yeah, up. I liked the aesthetic, but I guess like, I felt like I just wanted a bit more from the trailer, though, truthfully. And I know that's just kind of been a thing that, you know, most, you know, people I've been doing with their trailers is not really giving away too much. But I guess I just wanted a, just a skosh. A little bit more. Yeah, just a little skosh more of, like, w- what is the storyline, you know? Because they just kind of gave you scenes. But I'm like, what's what's our plot, though? I like, would think, yeah. and th- I might be reaching, but I would think what they're going for is going to be like the fall of the kings of man and like yeah him distributing the rings 
Which is going to be interesting to see. That would be interesting to see if that's what it is. Because they only give you just a small snippet of it in Lord of the Rings. They're like, okay, here is five minutes of backstory. Let's go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it'll be interesting, yeah, to see kind of the full scope of it. But now I'm going to have to read that book yeah. well, and the appendices. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I do tough... have a copy, by the way. Okay, we'll bring it to me. Cause... That might be a tough read. Yeah, I will say there are two things that I think will be visually interesting. So one, um, one of the forms that Sauron, because he is a shapeshifter, uh, one of the forms that he has that will be kind of interesting to see is he actually, uh, one of his vestiges is a vampire. And so it'd be interesting to see a Sauron vampire. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah, and it's interesting because he started out as um, just a normal elf. And he was right-hand man to a another Dark Lord before the him. Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morgoth. So, and then he ventured into Mordor and came back. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying all this accurately, but like... That's they kind of get into that in the sill, yeah, and like they talk about. <laughs> also, I can think of is South Park when they're trying to say M Night Shyamalan. Shimmer, like, lamer, lamer. Shimmer. That's how I'm gonna say it the rest of the episode is the shimmer, lamer, lamer. Yeah, because basically what he is uh, to get into your Tolkien uh, cosmology that way. So you have Uru Ilvatar, who is like the who's God. Oh basically. God, you like know all this stuff. Listen uh, to you. Like I said, I did my research just so that I wouldn't sound like a total jackass. But well, you um, sound pretty. You sound, sound good to me. Way better than us. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it, well, so it gets into what's interesting about Sauron. So you had uh, underneath him, you had Morgoth, who was first known as Melkor, and he uh, is pretty much just like Lucifer in this sense because I don't recall like the. Valar or something like that. So they were like angels, right? Like a higher level angel. And as they were making Middle Earth, Melkor would add his discordant music because they were using music to make Middle Earth. So it's like God. That's super interesting. Yeah, so I, that. I didn't either. And Melkor would use his, uh, would basically purposely fuck up the notes and add discordance to it. And so. <clears throat> Here, that, uh, one sec before you keep sure, going. Absolutely. That makes so much sense why Tom Bombadil is the way he is. And si- talks it, in He talks song in song. And... Yeah. Well, song is huge to Tolkien. He's got songs in The Hobbit. He's got songs oh, yeah. in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, music was clearly at Tolkien's heart. And uh, so once you have those ultra-powerful angels, you had a, a rung down called the Maiar, and that is what Sauron is. It's what uh, Saruman is. It's what Gandalf is. They are a uh, a lower level of angel, if you will, mm-hmm. and they uh, are basically right above then elves, and then be, you know, and then obviously from elves it gets to men, dwarves, all that, right? Elves and, are the and, best. And, and it's worth mentioning that there are okay. There's one white wizard. Mm-hmm. There are there's one gray. Yep. And then there are there's one brown and two and blue then, and I thought there was three blue but yeah okay maybe I thought it was is. two but I don't maybe quote it me is on that. Who are the blue ones? We never see them. Yep, they they are they are the lowest. We just hear about they them. They are the weakest of the wizards. I okay. Think. And so this brings up an interesting point. Uh, people were asking, is Gandalf going to make an appearance in Rings of Power? 
and he really shouldn't because he didn't show up till early third age, which would be after Sauron has lost his body, unfortunately. So we probably won't get Ian McKellen coming in there and giving a cameo unless they decide. Unless to they it. just say fuck it and do it. Yeah, anyways. they just decide yeah. they're going to do it. I mean, fan service is great. I will say, though, the where I'm cautious is I know obviously different directors, but I mean, it's still Amazon. The Wheel of Time adaptation let's just say it was mixed and that is where my reservation for this show comes in is I'm concerned that they're going to take too many liberties because that definitely happened with wheel of time in my own opinion. Um, they're a little safer on taking the liberties just because like I said earlier, mm -hmm. it's like there isn't like a hyper detailed version yeah. that people can go back and go, Oh, well, Bullshit. Right. Um, the Wheel of Time is so long. Mm. That that uh that series is really long. Um and so there's a lot of detail to get into and then, then you can go back and go, Oh, well they didn't do this or they did this and they shouldn't have. Yeah. And uh I will say as another benefit to this Lord of the Rings show is you'll see as a consistent theme with Tolkien that as time goes on, things get worse and they become weaker and shells of themselves. So, for example, Morgoth is the true bad baddie, and Sauron is a little bitch in comparison. Really, I mean, you know what I mean. And is so, that is that until later, after the Rings of Power, he is his equal, right, or no? More. Uh, so Sauron was always Morgoth's lieutenant only, and so um, because of that, uh, when Morgoth is cast into the void, he is not actually dead, and and it's prophesied that he would potentially come back but Tolkien never wrote that story but I mean you see this theme repeated elsewhere so like we talk about in the Hobbit Smaug right mm -hmm. and oh he's this big red dragon if you actually look into the other dragons that Tolkien made Smaug is the smallest again this theme, the last of the dragons yeah exactly yeah. this theme of things getting like weaker through time so because of that I think we'd all agree that in the Lord of the Rings movies, magic is pretty, like, reserved. Yeah, is that because magic is slowly dwindling on Middle-earth? Well, if you think it's about it, because, yeah. like, all the elves, they're starting to leave Middle-earth at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. Like, they're leaving, you know, it's coming to be just the age of man now. The hobbits right. still just kind of hang out in the mm -hmm. Shire to themselves. And then I'm not sure, I can't remember, like, what did happen to all the dwarves? Like, where are they? Like, was Gimli the only one? I don't remember. It depends on which set you talk about because there's different groups, yeah. groups of elves, but like or dwarves, and like Smog was what cleared that city out. Right, yeah. that was all the dwarves that were in the mines, you know. Right, like, oh, yeah, and the Lonely Mountain. But up here's there an in interesting thing about you talking about uh, things getting weaker, even man, because like the original men mm -hmm. from the north, they uh, Aragorn. Aragorn is old as fuck. In the books, is like eighty years old, and he looks like he's fucking thirty. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's yeah. like so. Those original set of like even men were had a longer living, and they were and more... that started dwindling for them too. Right. Yeah. So, so, I think that is indicative of like just magic slowly becoming weaker on Middle Earth. Yeah, and so I and think so those, we'll see more like strong magic in this show, or at least they have that potential. Whereas, you know, I mean, let's be honest, in the movies, you've got You Shall Not Pass. A lot. That's about it. 
Well, yeah, even Gandalf's magic isn't. It's limited. What we what we it's get. It's a more nuanced mm-hmm. form of magic. Like yeah, um, you see a lot more when he's the White Wizard. Obviously, he's a lot more powerful as that. Um, here's another interesting thing about uh, what's the other the original White Saruman? Yeah. Um, in the book. When Gandalf goes to see him to tell him, finally, about you know the you know them wanting to get rid of the ring, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting that when Gandalf walks up to him, he sees his cloak, the white cloak, in a spectrum of color. Like so, it's every color and white at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's because he's using more forms of magic than he's supposed to. He's dipped into like dark magic, and that's like a just an interesting detail. Oh yeah, show absolutely. that. And Tolkien also said later that if they hadn't destroyed the ring, um, or taken his power, mm-hmm. that he would have eventually created his own set of rings of power, probably, and become. You know, so this is something that could keep cycling. Like, this isn't something that you could, like, just because uh, Sauron had these rings of power, it's not like the end, end all, beat all of like power. It's not the end all, beat Like, so th- there are other people that could do this too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And potentially be worse than Sauron. And like yeah. you said, he's like he's like the little bitch, apparently. Yeah, Morgoth is terrifying. Like Morgoth is was the so, I, so do you think we'll see him in this show? Probably not, because after the end of the first age is when his defeat is, and so that's quite a bit of time. I and wonder if or, we might get flashbacks though if we have Sauron that in would the be show. Dope. You know what I'm saying? If they yeah. might give us flashbacks to his like master his or up, whatever. His come up and send like yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, bowing to that guy and him as an elf because originally yeah. he's a elf of... Where... Do you think he was the one they showed in the trailer with the short, almost like white? Yes, long... maybe. That's yes. what I was thinking, that that was him. Yep, that's sick. So. so then you get to see his origins and that would be sick. That would Good be really back, cool. We had to return a cat. Oh, okay. Oh, we returned the precious yes, baby. We oh, that's why she wanted we were to cat stay sitting, by. and I had to yeah help. Uh, I quick, got you. Grab the litter box and clean it, and mm-hmm. so here's a visual depiction of all of Tolkien's dragons, with Smog being the tiny little guy. There. Uh, <laughs> I want to see. Holy fuck! Dragons. Yep. So I you can see dragons. that he, that the first age and wow. Morgoth's fight would be amazing to see, and would be re- like off. Yeah, uh, he's you know. tiny compared. Like that other one could eat that whole mountain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, Smog is but a remnant of a day, like days gone by. So let's go back to the Hobbit real quick and talk about the heart of the mountain, that gym that corrupted so many of those dwarves and it's really similar to the ring of power do you know anything about that um i'm not sure how much lore tolkien built around the arkenstone that way um i will say is that part of the book yes Mm -hmm. okay um it is um although it having like 
possessive qualities where everyone's like, oh my god, get that. Yeah, you know, like I don't remember that in the book, but I mean, I don't either. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember it being that prevalent. As... I don't think it was, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, what it was is because it's the ancestral stone to uh, it just it was a heirloom. To yeah, and that's why Thorin wanted it is because it's basically his birthright, and so and yeah. solidifies him as the king of the mountain. It, exactly, and so because of that, it'd be kind of like having a coat of arms or anything like that. It's the thing you are known by and why like it's it marks you for who you are. And that's so, why So do you think they it. did that in the movie um to just make it feel more like Lord of the Rings to have that kind of uh connection to where that thing was like uh corrupting people and it makes sense insofar as why smog came. Like if it's that awesome, right? It makes sense why Dragon's going to be like, hey, I'm going to wreck some shit and take this, right? And But uh, in in the book, it made perfect sense why he was there. Because mm-hmm. they explain that dragons are very, like, they're attracted to they treasure. They want treasure and yeah. shiny and greedy. And... But I think it also gives them power. It's more, it's not just the shiny. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that, you know, or maybe it's that. Well, Maybe I was gonna it is say, that. They're just greedy. Yeah, they're just and, little like, greedy that shit. Well, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't he? Didn't Smog graft um, yeah, the gems Yeah, he had gems into, in his... Yeah, he made armor out of the gemstones, and the, he missed the spot, and that's ultimately what mm-hmm. spelled his doom. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. it. Is he? You look closer, and he embedded all a bunch of the jewels and gold into his scales. He was Isn't smart that to do that. just a metaphor for something great and deeper too but i think that's more that that's more like a dragons are very uh vain and he wanted he he wants to look doesn't tolkien talk about that too in the hobby when they're talking about dragons he's like they just they love treasure like they like looking good and they like jam they're yeah they're vain creatures and they want which by the way uh, butternut crinkle fries is the voice. He is. I was gonna say that too. Um, you know, Benedict Comerthatch, you know, did the voice, and and I loved him for it. Mm-hmm. I I mean, yeah, like he's the only redeeming part of those movies in a way. I mean, Agreed. I do like. I love those movies. I don't know what you guys are talking. So, so about. The, we're talking about the Hobbit movies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. See, I could, I never got past the first one. Oh, that's fair. You, you don't you it, don't wanna. It, and, and then yeah, the reviews came out, and I'm like, I love eh. them. I love them. So here's what they could have done to make them work and not be as bad as they were, bad as they are. For one, no CG orcs like you know, like Azog himself. Like, like for example, the white, I, the white orc. Yeah, the white orc. If he had been a dude in a suit, much like the fucking orc uh, that fights with Aragorn at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, like that dude looks fucking terrifying, right? Mm. Most of the orcs do, honestly. Yeah, well, uh, technically he'd be an orc. Yeah, those practical effects definitely made it grosser. Made it feel more just like they made him scarier, honestly. Because when something is CGI to me, I because I can see that it's fake. It's not as scary as like the practical effects where you're like, yeah, that looks gross. Like the slime when they're pulling them out of of the earth and and you're just like, that looks really nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So if they had done that and made them practical and then not have Legolas run up blocks, all CG that are falling, (laughs) you know, uh, if they'd done those, you know, okay, I get it. Like I see what you guys are talking about. They're not the worst. Like I don't absolutely 
hate them, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch them on purpose, whereas Lord of the Rings, I could watch all day, every day, all the time. I will say, in their defense, I have not watched the extended versions, because I know there are extended versions of all three Hobbit movies. Neither have I. I I think I have watched all I would check them out. I think they're on... um, HBO Max, I know Lord of the Rings is. Yeah, and so because of that, uh, you know, I mean, everybody here loves Lord of the Rings and their stock version, but we all watch the extended because that's the that's the only way to do it, right? I, I was a big fan of the books, like just even if you just sit and listen to the audio books. Lo- I love them. Even if you just audio book it, and that's even better sometimes because you get if you get a good voice actor. They will like separate people by the tone of their voice and give them each their own voice. Doesn't the- Andy Circus do them? Yes. Ooh, I would download uh, those. He well, did. there's an older set too, I think. Yeah, there's been multiple but sets, Andy but he, he's the most recent. And well, the I guy mean, that does the old set's really good too. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of those old books, and that's like obviously the purest way to. Experience Lego, Lord of the Rings. Lego. <laughs> That's like the purest way to experience Lord of the Rings is obviously I think any nerd should take that pilgrimage almost of reading Lord of the Rings. I agree because when I was like 11, I think when the first movie came out, as soon as it came out and I watched it, I read all three of them before they even finished up the movies. So I and I loved them like I ate that shit up. I've read them through. A few times. It's. I mean, granted, it's been years, but yeah, it's not there an are, easy read. I don't. It was. It's not. It's not. But there are also details in it, like for example, you know, the big spider that Frodo fights. I love Shelob. I love that dude. You the history of that spider. Yeah, that you get in the book is so good. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's you find out that this thing's ancient. Like yeah. it's it's really really like a super old being that um, has its own rich history in and of itself. Yes, you know, yeah. Tolkien was the king of lore. He, he really was. was. Yeah. Well, there was another thing in the books. Um, it was Faramir, and I don't remember the girl's name that had the hots for Aragorn. She was the Eowyn. Yes, Eowyn. They fall in love in the books and you get their romance playing out after, you know, Aragorn kind of crushes her and she meets Faramir and Mm -hmm. they kind of fall for each other. And you get snippets of that in the extended edition. But that was another part of the book that I enjoyed that I I also understood why they didn't throw that in there, because truthfully, it really didn't matter that much for the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got you got to take some fluff out, or you get. I mean, you're well, just yeah, gonna be watching like, a six hour movie that. And they give us like in the extended edition, they like give each other like the eyes, and you're like, oh, okay, we know what's gonna happen. So you know, they kind of allude to it, and if you've read the books, you're like, oh, hey, like nice, right? And before we leave the spider too far, <laughs> it, it, that was one of my favorite parts because. Me too. It's funny because you get the real sense of terror. Like she's actually terrified of Sam. Which one was that? Was that uh, in the cave when Sam goes in to save one? Frodo? The third uh, return. one. Return yep. yep. And that's when there doesn't uh, Gollum leave them behind in yes, the cave? Yes, he because yeah. like, he, he makes he a gets deal. them lost in the tunnels. He's made a deal with uh, Shelob. Yeah. To and uh, he's been doing it a long time, like luring people in there. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, you think about it, that's how he would have gotten into Mordor in the first place and then got uh, mm-hmm. captured and tortured and all that is because he had that secret way in there. Yeah, and it was interesting like how that thing's never felt fear in its life or whatever, but then it finally does against somebody like Sam, who's just like... That's one of my favorite Sam moments is when he... He really becomes like a hero. Because nobody's ever been able to stab her before, and this little hobbit... Yeah, hurts who, her in a way no one ever has. Exactly, and he he's the true, like, just hero of, like... Lord of the Rings, yes. Yes, I, I love he's Sam. He's the real hero of the show. He's the one that kept... Frodo, that little fuck face going that we all wanted to throw into the lava at the end. And then again in Stranger Things. Samwise Gamgee, <laughs> without him, nothing, everything would have fell apart. Pretty yep. much. And he gets treated by, like, shit. I know! And, like, like, he takes so much shit and, like, sticks it out and is so loyal to Frodo, even though... Frodo ends up treating him like yeah, he's loyal to a fault because he knows it's not really him. I was gonna say even the fucking elves pass him by. It's like, oh hey Frodo, here's the star of Elendil, and then hey hey dude, here's some rope. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which that rope comes in pretty handy throughout the book. It does. It does come in handy. But Mm. they all you know treat Sam kind of like he's just you know just the chubby little sidekick to Frodo that's kind of hanging out, and he he truly does you know keep him going, and whenever. He, when he dives in the boat in the first movie and when he stabs Shelob, like I cry because I'm just like, I love him. <laughs> e- even Merry and Pippin. I adore them. Come into their own in those books. Pippin was my favorite in the book out of all the hobbits. I loved him the most. Imagine being, living in the Shire, you're just a normal hobbit. You watch these guys leave, you're like, ah, oh, well, I guess they're gone. Yep. And then every, two of them come back. One's like a knight. Uh, isn't he one of the writers of, like, so Mary and Pippin become two different things. Yeah. Uh, um, but they're both, one of them's knighted. Well, like, they're all. they end up being buried come, at, um, what's, what's the, like, the city, the. Uh, God, or Minas Tirith for Gondor's capital. Yeah. Yeah, the, like, white city or whatever. Yeah. They end up being buried there, like, with the kings and stuff when they die. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's just imagine being one of those normal hobbits and these guys come back in armor on horses with all this treasure and just looking badass as fucking been through all this shit. So Pippin was one of the guards um, of the Citadel and then he he just ended up um, going back to the Shire um and became the head of his clan and then got buried alongside Aragorn. Let me so it must have been Mary then. Yeah, that... Mary was one of the knights. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he uh, I mean he rides with Rohan in the movie and Okay, uh, maybe it is one of the Yeah. He becomes one of the writers of Rohan. Which they're bad motherfuckers, dude. Oh yeah. Um I was going to say um That's the first set of people that they actually run into, I think, on their like in the fellowship of the ring is like they go to rohan right and they end up getting saved by the riders because they're being chased by that first set of orcs yep yeah yeah i was gonna say um if there's one analogy with all four of the hobbits that uh, in a way that uh it was tied to tolkien and his uh, world war one experiences 
none of them return home quite the same. And in- oh yeah, it totally changes them in a big way. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, even well, because Frodo. He goes home for a little bit, and then that's when he decides to go to the land of elves, like the undying lands. And then Sam goes there yep. after his wife dies and his kids are grown, right? Yeah, and even Gimli goes there. Gimli and Legolas go together. Mm-hmm. They both go there together. Well, so don't ol- they go to travel? They just travel the world together. Well, yeah, for a Legolas while. and Gimli, yeah, for like a few hundred years, they're on Middle Earth. But then when they're both ready to move on, they go okay, together. This at the is same what time. I never understood. Hmm. What what are we at here, Bill? What time? How much time we got? Hour plus. But okay, here's what I never understood: is like, yes, at the end, they are all leaving for wherever. Where are they going? They are. They're leaving Middle Earth. They're going yeah. to the Undying Lands. They're going to the lands of the gods, pretty much. Almost kind of like you'd be going to Asgard, I believe. I, I think it's like a paradise type afterlife, but let me let me Google it and double yeah. check because I've done my research on it before. Because in Other- a way, I was gonna say, in a way, Tolkien incorporated Christianity with Norse myth mm-hmm. and, and fused. So they're them. going to heaven. In essence. So it's called Valinor, or the Undying Lands. Or like lands. Valhalla, or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the land across the sea. Um, what were you going to say, Bill? So I was just wondering if, if you knew of any other ties historic to historically to World War One and Tolkien. Because now that you say that, it kind They're of... They're probably all over the place. Well, he wrote The Hobbit in 37... And then Lord of the Rings in like the fifties was when they were published. Yeah, they're probably all over. All yeah, well, from I that mean, time. Even um, you know, this is a big part of why Lord of the Rings got popular around Vietnam War. Is um, he loved growing things and he hated industrialization. And you see, uh, industrialization always in is, Mordor. Yeah, exactly. The orcs. Exactly. The industrialization is it's like always a seen as evil. Yeah, exactly. Any like. Because he had, um, I think there was a place in his childhood, like a park or something, that got turned into a factory. You know, so even where he grew up, the beautiful... And they're knocking the trees down, and they just wreck the land. Exactly. And put up a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Basically, basically, yeah, because that's like what pisses off the uh, the tree folk. What are, what did you call them? Ants. Ants? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that's what sets them off and like why they storm... Yeah, why they get uh, pissed and are like... Sa- Sauron's Tower, what was that one? Uh, that was um, Isengard. Isengard, Isengard. Yeah. what a fucking badass name. Yeah, I well, know, I was going to say um, another reason why Tolkien probably would have hold, held that view is he was in World War One and he was in the Battle of the Somme, which is one of the worst, like most brutal battles of the war. And with the trenches, you figure you'd had nothing but mud. You had the risk of getting trench foot. So if you had your shoes on too long and your feet are damp, mm. you can actually have... Your feet uh, will decompose. Exactly. So, I mean, he got... I'm trying to remember, like, just what's called trench fever or something. So he medically got uh, out of there and back into uh, the United Kingdom. But all of his friends died. I mean, and so... Yeah, it would have been, so I think anything to do with industry or how he, well humans kill one another, I think would have definitely had a sour note for him. And at its core, Lord of the Rings is a story about war. It, oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And just 
you get all the different characters and their parts that they're playing in that war, you know, like Mary and Pippin kind of recruit the Ents, essentially, you know, you and, have people and, going off to get help. and Yeah, and a world war, because everyone is involved, all the races. Yes, yeah. even the Hobbits got involved in a way, you know, those four of them, I mean, without intending to, but then they saw if they don't destroy this ring, the Shire's gone too, like this is going to spread everywhere you yeah, know the shire, it affects everybody yep. you can't hide out in your little shire and hobbit holes anymore at this point yeah here's an interesting note uh like when we came around earlier about not a lot of people knowing about hobbits mm-hmm. and sauron is one of those people i think they were new to him so Probably. like uh in the book i'm pretty sure it said something about like him not even knowing that they were a thing, so they there was that, called like halflings too, or yeah, just it was like derogatory, it, or, or I don't know if it was. It might have just been slang of just like oh, so they're also so like in a category a, of others, so they didn't have to identify them specifically as Hobbit too. Is that right? Maybe probably. Yeah. Well, people would know them by different names around the world. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially if they're like a myth to most people. Yeah, that's true. They, you know, halflings, hobbits, they could go, you know, right. by different so names. He, they would be, um, he's used to dealing with like men and elves and like, so uh, dealing with hobbits would be new to him. He wouldn't know how to approach it. Yeah, which is probably Especially why he underestimates he has, them. Yeah, yep. he has, yes. And then he has a, finds out, excuse me, that he can't corrupt them easily. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is what? What makes them so powerful against him is like they are you almost what, uncorruptible. That you know what they remind me of in a way is like I almost kind of compare them to like Goku. That just like that innocent, mm. just your pure innocence, and you're you know you're not bad, not evil, don't have you know bad intentions. They just like you said, they're uncorruptible. You know, and and I love that about them. They're just kind of an innocence to them. That's a good point. Like Goku would be somebody who's incorrupt, uncorruptible. Yeah. I just thought of something as a paradigm for me. I've never thought about this before, but when you think about it, the reason why the hobbits are probably so resistant to to him, uh, to Sauron, is because much like how Tolkien viewed industrialization, they're the least industrial group that exists. They are most in tune with nature completely, even more so than the elves in a way. They're more, they're like the most primitive race of Middle Earth. Yeah, they manipulate their environment, but not in a negative way. Yeah, whereas man and dwarves, way more industrious and thus way weaker and more prone to uh, corruption and to the succumbing to the ring. So when you think about it, Mm -hmm. that that they form an interesting like scale with hobbits on one end and men on the other, or even maybe orcs, if you will. Orcs is a far extreme. They're kind of far extremes of one another. Interesting. I never thought about that, but that popped in my head and I thought I'd share. That is it. Yeah, that is a good one. It is really interesting. So. If you could be any character from the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, who would you be? That one is easy. easy. Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> He's his like favorite be, fictional be an character. It'd be an elf. 
Oh, Gandalf, the character. Like, oh, well, I, okay. I, I legit, when I am an old man, want to grow a long beard and look like a wizard. I actually smoke pipe tobacco. I can smoke a pipe to do, you know, I can't make rings of smoke, but you, you know. can't make smoke dragons. Dragons, yeah. Come on. No, I can breathe out my nostrils like a dragon. That's about <laughs> That's as good as you'll get. That's about all you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're getting down to the wire. We should probably wrap this up, but. I mean, you brought so much to the table, man. Like, you really I did, and God a lot damn. of good ideas. And like, I didn't know about like the industrialism and shit like that. So carried this bitch. Absolutely. That's why I knew you were a good fit for this show. I tried. For sure, dude. Yeah, and when you got to come back, we got to talk video games. I have some Next concepts time. that I'll run by you. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna hang out a little bit after. This has been the Comic Zone. Follow the Comic Zone podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Google all that good stuff. Hit thecomiczone.com. Um, Chelsea, you're the shit. Thanks for being a part of this all the time. Thank times you now. for having me as like another host to this. I very much enjoy it. This has been the Comic Zone. Peace. <laughs>